is the future. This is not the past. The new XFL will kick off in 2020. What the XFL is cooking. It's still football, but it's professional football reimagined. This is our moment, our story to tell. This is history begun. This is the XFL! Welcome, football fans. This is the week of January 20th, 2019. This is the road to 2020, and this is the XFL show. I'm Alan. I'm Jake. And I'm Bryant. This week, it's all about the future of football. This is episode 52, Hopes and Dreams. One year into the show, Bryant, here we are, and we have some pretty interesting things said this week from Oliver Luck we're going to get into. We've got a crazy, serious article uh, from ABC News and ESPN that was put out this week we need to talk about. The future of football, it's at stake. And it's on the line today, one year into This is the XFL Show. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. Bryant, how are you? I'm I'm doing great, man. There's so much to look forward to. Uh, What seemed like such a slow week culminated towards the end of it. Uh, It's been a great week, I would say, based on the last 24 hours. It has been. Some doom and gloom was painted, Jake, but ultimately, I think we're all optimistic as we get closer and closer to some big XFL announcements. Yeah, we got a lot on the back end this week, you know, uh, re- really cramming it in there. So we got some, some, you know, exciting, important things to discuss about how you're actually going to be able to view this league and perhaps what it's going to look like. And then, yeah, we have a a really in-depth, lengthy article uh, that you know we urge everybody to read after the show that we're going to discuss towards the end. Yes, and and if you don't want to, if you don't have the time, we're going to give you the the gist, a very important uh, outside the lines episode, a report, and uh, ESPN on insurance and football. And it sounds super boring, but it could mean the future of football. We're going to talk all about that coming up shortly. We also have some great things to talk about at the cover too. But before we do any of that, I want to remind everybody that you could get involved and you did after last week's episode 724-565-4XFL to call in and of course at XFL show on all social media outlets, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Last week we talked a lot about quarterbacks, quarterbacks who could potentially be in the XFL, and Bryant, we had some very interesting interesting comments on our social media, on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Uh, one I got here is from at Russ Move, who said, great show, but Colin Kaepernick's last season in the NFL, he played 12 games, had 16 touchdowns, only four picks, and rushed for 468 yards. There's quarterbacks that throw four picks in one game. He performed well in his last NFL season, and uh, that kind of shuts us up because we were all talking about how bad Colin Kaepernick you seemed were. to be. Yeah. I did. No. I, I still <laughs> go back and go back and listen, uh, fans, football fans. Go back and listen because that is not what I okay. said. Okay, it was only me. <laughs> I'll stick by that though. I don't know. Maybe maybe I had Colin Kaepernick on like my fantasy bench, and I just didn't want to play him. Maybe that's why I thought about that. But <laughs> thanks for correcting me at Russ Move. Um, you, did you see any good stuff on social media reactions to last week's show? 
Uh, you know what? I did have uh, somebody on Instagram, Jake uh, brought up a good name, and we we kind of talked to him a li- talk about him a little bit when we were talking to our friend in St. Louis, Frank Costamano. But uh, Chase Daniel, uh, he's a Missouri great in college football. It would be a good name for the XFL to get. I mean, he's got some XFL experience. Made his first touchdown pass a couple Absolutely. weeks ago with the Chicago Bears, so yeah. that that'd be good. Uh, yeah, but it's great saw- listening for me. We saw some uh, some great uh, suggestions like that. Yeah, we could have gone deeper into some Chase Daniel, but we have before back. You know, back when St. Louis was announced, we did talk about. He was one of the first names we did bring up, right? The Bears backup yep. quarterback. Uh, also, we had other people say float out other names on social media, like names like Brad Kaya, the former Miami quarterback. Someone said they want to see him. Uh, I, I mean, they're all recognizable, and that's the thing about football today. Even a guy like Brad Kaya, who was all right but he played at the u so we all know him if you follow football you know the quarterback who plays at miami probably so that would be a name people's ears would perk up a little bit and be interested in seeing how he does in the xfl we also jake i want to get your take on this someone say not so much quarterbacks but we have an international listener at don unterland who asked us if international players should be considered for the xfl in particular moritz boringer the former wide receiver with the Minnesota Vikings, uh, we had uh, someone reach out to us and say, what about some Germans and international players, Jake? What are your thoughts on that? Um, the best person for the job should definitely be considered. I do not have much insight into the, the foreign football market, so I can't speak to that. You don't, but you don't follow the Japanese football league? You know there is one. No, I do not follow it. Uh, I do follow some Japanese sports, but unfortunately, football is not one of them. Yeah, you want to take the best guy for the job. It doesn't matter if they went to Auburn or if they went to the you know the University of uh, Osaka. Okay. Yeah, sir. Yeah, wherever. <laughs> I, I, I'm with it. Yeah, we actually had a few people reach out on social media saying, what about international players? Because they are playing football in other countries, uh, which I think more people need to recognize. I actually think it, maybe on ESPN3 or you know on their streaming, they did air a Japanese football game not too long ago, and I caught myself watching it, and it just seemed uh, really cool. And, and I don't know if any of those players are – you know, even XFL or CFL or, you know, spring league caliber in the States, but you never know. I'm sure they'll try out. We'll see what happens there with the international market. Obviously, Oliver Luck and Optimum Scouting are going to be looking right here at home, first and foremost, for some players. But thanks to everybody who reached out on social media and, of course, calling into the XFL fan line with your suggestions and reactions to last week's show. A very fun episode talking all about quarterbacks, and I think we'll have more of that coming up shortly uh unless you saw anything else on social there we need to address brian i'm, I'm ready to move along uh, uh i think we're good i think uh jake's suggestion of carson palmer went over no. okay with some no. of our fans maybe but <laughs> no. not not, yeah, not I, really where i think jake was open there, there was a local weather cam i've been watching all week outside of xfl headquarters to see if he was walking in but i <laughs> still nothing so so yeah actually there is one last piece uh jake we did have some people who reached out on social media asking uh, what's jake's big secret what's what's the big piece of information do you have any any news on the news you've been withholding for a couple weeks? It's still probably nothing that I should disclose. Yeah, you know, Just, I'm, it's going to be safer for everyone, and trust me, whenever it's out there, it's going to be big. 
you know, I'm just going to, I don't want you getting listeners hopes up. And I've known Jake for a long time. I'm going to tell all you great listeners, football freaks about him. I think what he's probably doing is waiting for a big announcement. And then he's going to be like, yeah, that was what I knew the whole time. I didn't want to spoil it. (laughs) You know, you know me pretty well, but I I wouldn't stoop to that level. (laughs) Well, 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 I guess we'll have to just wait and find out because I know you're not going to spill the beans during this episode. And uh, we're going to get to our cover two here in just a moment. But before we do, we do have great new sponsors here on the show that we need to tell you about real quickly first and foremost pretty easy podcasts pretty easy podcasts creating podcasts are supposed to be easy and uh, we could tell you from experience doing this one getting it off the ground if you don't know what you're doing or if you're just starting out it could be it could take up a lot of time it's really fun but it it might not you know be something that you have the time to do pretty easy podcast is here to make things smooth seamless and easy most importantly for you the podcaster so if you're out there and you say hey i want to do a podcast go to pretty easy podcast.com and start your show today with the help of professionals pretty easy podcast makes you the, the content creator focus on just the content while the production is handled by people who have been doing it for years. Pretty Easy Podcast will produce your show so that it sounds professional and gets distributed to all your listeners, and you could do the show right from the comfort of your own home the way we do this show. So go to prettyeasypodcast.com and start your studio quality podcast today. Personal touch from the people at Pretty Easy Podcast, working with experienced producers intimately. Prettyeasypodcast.com our brand new sponsor here on This is the XFL Show. All right, guys, without further ado, it is time to talk about two key pieces of news that everybody needs to know. If you're ready, I'm ready. Let's do it. It's time for the cover two. Going for two. Go for two and the lead. We are probably three weeks away from announcing our broadcast agreements and we focused on traditional linear broadcast television. We looked at distributing cable partners as well. That is from Oliver Luck, who did an interview with Andrew Hammond of the News Tribune, who covers XFL Seattle. Oliver Luck was talking a lot about the Seattle market, but also kind of left that little morsel out there for us to gnaw on this week. Guys, three weeks away from announcing the broadcast agreement, which... According to my math, why? Uh, according to my math, Bryant, uh, that would be around the Super Bowl. Well, what better time? What better time to announce something about football during Super Bowl week? Uh, he's going to have basically the entire world's eyes on the sport that he's, um, you know, running. So why not? I, I understand it's the NFL, it's not the XFL, but what are you going to do when the AAF is launching? That's not really going to help you. You do it when the Super Bowl happens. You're gonna hit if you're gonna if you're gonna bring up some news. Why not bring in the biggest news you can for that very week? So that would be around February eighth. If we're talking about you know the uh, a few weeks from from now from this week's episode, and that is Super Bowl week. So you're right. That's the perfect time. Everybody has football fever coming up soon with the Super Bowl on the horizon. Everybody's gonna be thinking football, talking football. The XFL is going going to announce their TV deal finally, Jake. And we've already talked about what we expect. Has your mind changed? Do you have any new things that you're picturing happening in three weeks from now? 
Not really. You know, I think you've got to stick stick with network television. Uh, you can do some stuff on cable, but you want to have you know one of one of the big over the air networks still being your uh, your main provider. And I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, last year around the time of the Super Bowl was whenever the XFL started, you know, tweeting those, uh, what would you call them, stick figure cartoons oh, yes. about, you know, how we want to see the game being changed. So I don't know if I'm, you know, I wouldn't expect, uh, you know, Tony Romo and who, who's his on-air partner, Jim Nance. Yes, I, I I wouldn't expect them to say, well, we're going to take a, a short break from the first quarter of the Super Bowl right now. But we want to let you know that next year in 2020, you'll be seeing the XFL on this channel. I, I don't think it's going to be anything like that. But, yeah, the news is going to come out around that time and it's going to be safe because that's what works. What about a Super Bowl commercial? Oh, they I mean, have the, they have the capital to do it. That, that, you know, CBS, CBS is running the Super Bowl this year, which is the uh, the network of the AAF. So I don't know how much we're actually going to be seeing yeah. um, I, on it. But I, I could see it something, you know, leading up to it. I don't know if it's going to be actually on the Super Bowl. Well, you I, never yeah, know. If, if we get a wanna... Super Bowl XFL commercial, I, I probably wet myself. I do not anticipate that whatsoever. <laughs> it is on CBS. Not only is it at the NFL broadcasting that game, but the AAF is going to be on that channel just, you know, a week after the Super Bowl. So, I I highly doubt that there are they, if it happens in the XFL, Vince McMahon's going to have to pay an arm and a leg just for a 30 – more than anyone else is paying for a 30-second spot, in which we know is in the millions for a Super Bowl commercial. So I do not anticipate that. But you, you, don't, you never know. I, I definitely expect some great social media stuff, Jake, like last year during the uh, Super I'll, Bowl we got the stick uh, figures. Yeah, I'll tell you now, if there is an XFL commercial during the Super Bowl, I'm just going to steal it and say that was my big headline. That, <laughs> how could you talk about that? But if you're going to spend all that money, why not stretch it out over a six month, you know, six month period on, on different avenues? And well, are you going to get are you going to get that many eyes on it as you would during you, the Super Bowl? If you everybody watches, I, I know Bowl. it's that's, the most that's watched, not news. I know it's the most right? watched product. Um, you're going to get a lot of people that are not diehard football fans watching the Super Bowl like usual, but it it just doesn't seem like the right place no, I, for it. Take take all that cash, stretch it out over months and months, <laughs> and, you know, and get the buzz going that one. Well, if that happens, like you could guarantee, we'll have an entire episode dedicated to breaking down every second of that commercial, and we'll talk all it's, about it. Like I would not, it would not surprise me if Vince McMahon did it though. It would be great. It would be a, a, a bold move. Um, yeah, so this article with Oliver Lucky did spill the beans three weeks away with Andrew Hammond of the News Tribune there in Washington State. He also talked about – well, Andrew Hammond tried to pry out what the jerseys would look like for the Seattle team there, and uh, Oliver Luck didn't really say anything, but he did mention that you know Seattle teams all have a certain look when it comes to colors and, and, and whatnot. Um, I don't know how true that is because the Sounders – and the Supersonics, are way yeah. and, the, and the Seahawks are all different, right? They're all different, colorblind. Different, sh- different shades of green, but you, you do have you know. Are the Mariners, the Mariners are blue though, right? They don't look like any of the other. They teams. have like green. They Tur- have green. Yeah, they're like, like turquoise-ish, oh. gray. Okay, now. they all. I guess they all do have a similar look. Trust us. So Alan, trust tr- us. I'll, tr- I'll trust you guys because I'm colorblind. I don't know. So, but getting into what the teams in that city look like, Oliver Luck wouldn't say that the XFL Seattle uniforms would look similar to the other professional teams there in town. But uh, I don't know. I-, I have a feeling that the XFL probably will try to 
get in line with with that because cities are very proud. A lot a lot of cities are like that, you know, where they have similar color patterns uh, with their different teams in different sports. Do you do you expect that in Seattle and the other cities, Jake? Uh, Seattle, absolutely. I I expect that you got to play it safe. You got to give the uh, you know you got to give that that hometown crowd something that they know. You don't want to come out there with you know orange and purple uniforms. Uh, you know that's that's going to be rejected immediately. So yeah, you're, they're going to play it safe. They're going to go with something in the green, the grays, uh, the the blue. I, I'd love to see you know supersonic inspired jerseys myself, yeah. green and yellow. It's, it's for for someone colorblind like myself, it really pops that that, and I can actually tell what they're wearing. So I'm with you there. Um, yeah, Oliver Luck, he's he's very wise to to keep the and the uniforms and logos. Uh, a, a big secret because that'll be a fun reveal. The XFL could do a lot with that one, but he did say three weeks away from a television deal being announced. And in that article, again, he did say the words crisp football. He says that a lot. And, you know, Oliver Luck has his, uh, his, his sayings that he's done in different podcasts, even on this show. And his, his favorite go-to uh, phrases. Playing crisp football is maybe the top one he says the most. Uh, what are your thoughts when he says that, Bryant? Do you like it when Oliver Luck says they want to play crisp football? Uh, I do, and I think none of us should ever use that phrase again. And anytime we want to, we just like do a recording of Oliver Luck saying it out loud because the way he says it just sounds crisper. It's really, really his, his favorite table. <laughs> Great enunciation. And- Right, uh, it, it, it's actually quite. I'm very jealous of it, but I, I understand the concept he's saying, and I think, and I think that's where I was leading to. It, it's his version of quality of the play. He wants <laughs> a clean game, a crisp, fast pace, good football, and and I don't mind him saying it. I don't mind him using it and 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 making it the statement of of what he expects the XFL to be, and and that's I, fine. I, he has the luxury of time to do it. I want to get it get a T-shirt with that. On, on it, you know, that's probably the wrestling fan in me, but you know, that, that would be a great t-shirt crisp football, or we're going to play crisp football. Uh, Oliver Luck, uh, giving us more morsels there. I highly recommend anybody to go read that article by Andrew Hammond, uh, that Q and a, he had sit down with Oliver Luck, very informative. And, uh, that, uh, is probably the first of a few because he's probably going to be talking to a lot of the writers and reporters and radio people in all the XFL cities. He did also kind of one last thing in that, Jake. He said Seattle might be the best sports town in America. Do you, do you believe that? Uh, I believe that whenever you're good, you're giving an interview <laughs> with a market that's hosting one of your teams. You yes. say that that is one of the best markets out there. Very <laughs> smart. Very wise. Once again, by all if, if, if he would be asked to, you know, uh, to give an interview in Houston, perhaps at that time of the interview, Houston would be one of you know the best sports towns in the world. <laughs> I'm sure he he'll say that uh, whenever he's talking to some guy in Dallas or, or DC as well. Very wise, very great at uh, at saying the right things. Oliver Luck so far. Uh, second part of our cover too, we're going to go into the social media atmosphere, the XFL on their account. This week said, we don't watch football to see flags flying. Uh, the XFL plans to reduce penalties, and we know, we've know we known this, but they, they're giving us actual numbers now, Bryant. 
The XFL plans to reduce penalties from an average of 14.2 per game to under 10 per game. Penalties take an average of 36 and a half seconds to administer. We're striving for 15 seconds or less. Hashtag less stall, more ball. The XFL has been saying those words, but now they're giving us numbers and their and their goals specifically. Uh, empirical uh, numbers that they're striving for here, Bryant. Do you think it's possible to get it down to less than ten penalties per game in a foot in any kind of football game? Well, I I don't know if like how do you do that? I guess that's the question, right? Because you can't. The only way you could do it is by calling less penalties, which seems or, like or if there is a penalty, or, or you call just, it. Yeah, or just modifying the rules. I mean, if you if it happens right. and you see it, you got to call it. But if you want to. <laughs> You know, if you want to lower those numbers, well, then don't have as many rules. It's well, that's that's, 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 that's what I'm, that's I'm, I'm, I'm reading this, and I and I'm just thinking, well, then holding will not be a penalty in the XFL because, <laughs> but but you could call that every here, time. Well, here's the other way you look at it: is you make the penalties more severe, meaning holding's ten yards, whatever. You know, you want to do that rather than getting your quarterback sacked and losing eight yards and a down. Right? You hold your person. What if you make that a twenty yard penalty? Is it worth holding the guy from hitting your quarterback if you know if he's just going to get knocked down for a five six yard loss? That, that maybe those are the things that you have to start looking at the severity of the penalty I, and the players won't actually um, commit those fouls. Yeah, I mean it's it's a good idea, but some, a lot of that's instinctual. And do you really want to move a fifth of the football field for for a holding <laughs> call? And and also when you read when you read those numbers, you know, fourteen penalties to ten, thirty-six seconds a penalty to fifteen. Not only are referees gonna, you know, have to keep flags in their in their pocket a lot more in the XFL and the game is gonna have to move quicker, but also the players are gonna have to be, you know, good and 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 trained and ready to go out there and do this, you know, play crisp football, as Oliver Luck says. And that's putting a lot of trust into the coaches getting their players ready for the, this faster paced kind of football game. I mean, this is to, to give every, I think it's a ballsy move to give us the number that they're, they're striving for. Cause we're going to be able to watch these games right when they start and be like, there were 20 penalties in this game. They're not delivering what they promised I, us. I, I, that is hard to deliver. I feel like no matter how much they change the rules of the game, but I don't. Okay. So then let's look at it a different way. So, so try to take yourself out of the penalty uh, to penalty world and say, how else can you reduce the number of penalties? You say less plays, right? So if they're running less plays than an NFL game, that's then true. maybe that's how, how right? Because they're, they're running their clock. So even though it's more fast paced, they're probably going to run less plays, I would think, um, because there's not going to be enough time. So if you're running less plays, less penalties to call uh, plays on, that's another way. So it's not just, hey, close your eyes, that wasn't holding. It's also just the way that they're um, making the game a little different that I think you know, there'll be less penalties. I mean, how many times do we watch kickoffs and punts where there's always a block in the back or something? And it's just, it's a waste of time. Uh, Maybe that's something that they're attacking as well. Would you expect any of the coaches trying to get the referee's attention during a play so that they wouldn't see something? (laughs) Is that something that you would? (laughs) Referee distractions are going to be legal in the XFL. No, I don't (laughs) think that's one that's going to happen. This is, I mean, they've been saying, you know, less penalties, less stall, more ball since they announced it one year ago, the return of the XFL. But now giving numbers that we could actually look, count during these games in one year's time, it's really putting themselves out there. I appreciate it. I'm excited for it. But 
how they do it. It's just the most fascinating part of this whole road to 2020 to me. Changing the the game in in a way that is going to reduce the amount of penalties, the way they're saying it, and make the game faster and more exciting. This is my favorite part of talking about the formation of this league. I say it most weeks, and they put that out there this week. That kind of got me super excited, but also scratching my head a bit. Well, the best part of that statement, though, is we're striving for 15 seconds or less to figure out what the heck's going on with the penalty. And that's the best part, because there are times where you you, you see these men and they're talking and they're talking. They have microphones that they can talk to each other from one end zone to the other. Yet they still got to meet somewhere in the middle to talk about it. Uh, if they can find fast ways to administer these penalties and move on with the game, that's actually probably even better than how many penalties actually get called in a game. Yeah, uh, it Brian, should be. So- we, sorry, Jake, we should have a. We should have like a, a, a you know like a pizza place tells you, you know half hour or less or your pizza's free. <laughs> the, your penalty is is called fifteen seconds or less or else uh, there's no penalty. And that's that's, what, that's what I that's what I always say if I'm watching NFL or college. Like if you're talking about it for this long, then it didn't happen. <laughs> exactly. Just go with whatever was originally. And, it, and if and if you can't figure out how much time should be on the clock or the or where the ball should be spotted, well, then that's your job. I, I, I'm with that, Jake, and and that's our cover too. Real quick though, we do have a, a little bonus, a bonus uh, uh, down here in the cover too. Uh, just real, real small, small details. Just just for you, really big time football nerds who like paying attention to maybe something that might affect the XFL. And especially if you're a Canadian football league fan like myself, you know, Bo Levi Mitchell uh, of the Calgary Stampede is one of the best quarterbacks in the CFL. Uh, He's a baller and he tried out with the New York football giants last month. We haven't really talked anything about that, but last week got me thinking because quarterback quarterbacks who could potentially be in the XFL. That is a guy who has really honed his craft, even though it's been up in the CFL. We've seen guys do that, come from the CFL back home to the United States and kill it in the NFL. He would be a guy, if he doesn't end up getting an NFL job, which is, I think, likely because he's pretty good, uh, the XFL, I think, would be a great it would be a great get to get a guy like Bo Levi Mitchell. Also, this week, uh, I'm sad, Jake, because you know I am a Saskatchewan Rough Riders fan. Uh, their head coach slash general manager, Chris Jones, left. He bounced from the team. Used his, his He had a clause in his contract. He left to go become an assistant defensive specialist coach with the Cleveland Browns. So C- CFL coaches and players – really want to come to the United States. Obviously, uh, a, a guy with all the power with one of the franchises, head coach and general manager, took a lower-level job just to be in the NFL. I think when that just demonstrates that when the XFL and the AAF are around, I think that is going to damage the CFL. And we see that they're losing one of their best quarterbacks and they lost their best coach, if you ask me, uh, because the, the lore of playing football in the United States versus Canada. Yeah, and we talked about, uh, you know, Brad Childress last week leaving the Atlanta Legends head coaching position, uh, you know, never coached a game, but he was still hired to do that job. And just what, a month before the season started, he uh, he hightailed it out of there. Is, uh, has he gone anywhere yet? I mean, the rumor and innuendo is you know, he had to be going to the NFL. Has anything I, come out about that? I, I was, you know, before we got, we got on today to do the show, I uh, you know, and full disclosure to everybody listening, recorded 
fr- on a Friday night. Uh, did not see anything about where Brad Childress had gone since leaving the AAF. Um, you know, we all expect him to land on some staff in the NFL, but maybe he just left to be with family the way he said he did. I mean, maybe we should just take him at his word, Bryant, right? I mean, maybe Brad Childress is just going to be uh, a pop pop or something. The, the, uh, we went into it. We got into it last week. So if you guys go back and, and go into the archives and listen, was it last week? It might have been a couple weeks ago, but yeah, he, whatever he did doesn't matter because he thought it was worth leaving the AAF. I think that's the bigger news. So, uh, you know, if he goes NFL, if he goes XFL, if he goes home, he felt like the AAF wasn't worth his time, so he took off. And I think that's probably the bigger news of it all. Well, that's so, to, to, to you, someone who's just not excited for the AAF. You know the AAF starts in less than a month. Are you going to be watching the games at least? Yeah, I'm, I'm watching them on my, on the app that they gave. Oh, wait, no, that's not out yet. Um, it is, their app is not out yet. You're right. Wow. Well, as the, as the AAF nears, I'm sure we'll talk more about it because – it is interesting to compare Oliver Luck. Every time someone brings it up to him, he he sh- you should start doing what he does, Bryant. You know what Oliver Luck does anytime someone brings up the AAF, what he calls it? The other league. <laughs> the other league. Yes. <laughs> I love it. The other league. <laughs> but if you don't acknowledge them, then they, once you start acknowledging them, then you then you admit that you're thinking about them, right? Is that how how the saying goes? Exactly, exactly. Pretend like they're not even there. All right, it's it's almost time to get into this week's main topic. And the last 10 to 15 minutes or so, we will be talking about the future of football and the alarming article and outside the lines report that came out this week about uh, football really becoming uninsurable and what that might mean for the XFL. But, But before we get to our main topic this week, and we give you the hot read. I want to let everyone know about another one of our great new sponsors here on This Is The XFL Show. Now, obviously, I think by now, one year into the program, Jake, people probably uh, realize that we are also, in addition to being freaks for football, uh, professional wrestling fans. I, I, I think that's safe to say, correct? Yeah, that, that should be clear to anyone out there. Well, what people might not know, though, Jake, is that not only do we do this show, but way before we started This Is The XFL Show, and still to this very day, yes, we also do have a professional wrestling podcast. Brain Buster Radio is the most unique professional wrestling podcast out there today, and, you know, there are a million of them, but there's nothing like Brain Buster Radio since 2012, Jake, Bryant, and I, and a bunch of our good friends have been doing this show, talking pro wrestling in a very unique way that when you're listening to it, you're going to feel like you're at a wrestling event. You've got insight, comedy, personalities, intense debates, no wrestling rivalries. podcast. Uh, rivalries, exactly, Bryant. There are some intense rivalries on Brainbuster Radio, and it's a lot of fun. It's a fun listen. We encourage you to subscribe to Brainbuster Radio on any podcast gimmick out there, or check us out. On our YouTube page, we have one there as well, Brain Buster Radio. It's like going to a live wrestling event in your ears. Biggest episode of the year coming up as well, the Royal Rumble Show next Saturday afternoon. It is going to be an epic, epic blast. It is the biggest show we do every single year, the Brain Buster Radio Royal Rumble Special. Subscribe on any podcast gimmick or the YouTube channel today. 
to football. And this week, did you read the whole article, Jake? Did you read the whole thing? Yes, I did read the whole thing. It, it's it's lengthy, but it is worth it. It is very worth it, especially if you care for football, you should read it. I highly recommend it. Brian, I, you read the whole thing, correct? Yes, check. Okay, good. Okay, good. I just want to know before we get into it, because we're going to get into a lot of the slimy details about it, and we're going to sum it all up for those of you who may have not read or seen this Outside of the Lines report. It is about the future of football, and it is the subject of this week's Hot Read. Blue 58! Blue 58! Go! Hey, Ric Flair! Ric Flair! Pepper, Flip, Caliber. Motown, Happy, Jolly, Drunk, Buster, Burger, Tiger! I think he's got a hound, too, Rodney, I think. We need cheese! Steve Fainaru and Mark Fanaru Wada. Sorry if I butchered their names. Great writers, though, because they did a great article, huge piece, on the evaporating insurance market and the sport of football. And this has huge implications because, well, the XFL starting up and... How is it starting up in an age when there's no one who's willing to really ensure the sport of football because of everything we know about head injuries? And this thing, it, it might have scared you if you read the whole thing. Uh, I know at times I was a little scared, but in the end, I knowing what happened with the XFL and how Vince McMahon put the league together, I think everything's going to be fine, but let's get into the details now, guys. Currently, there's only one one insurance company offering a plan for the NFL that also covers head injuries. It is a, a very scary notion to think that there's no big insurance company out there that wants to insure football because of you know everything that's changed in the last 10 years with head injuries and, and the risk that involves. When you read this, what was your feeling initially, Jake? Were you scared out of your boots and did you start saying football is over with soon? Uh, no, I was not scared out of my boots. And, you know, I guess we should say uh, talking insurance is not necessarily, you know, a, a sexy topic. Not at all. Uh, you know, we'd much rather speculate on other things, but it's something that is part of the game. And let's just talk about this. The NFL, the National Football League, one of the biggest entertainment entities in, in the entire world. And only one company is currently offering a plan you know, that covers head injuries also. Uh, th think about all of them that had to say no thank you and one that said okay. And the leverage that that one has. Oh my goodness. They have the NFL by the cojones. The the NFL, there's even in this article, there's a, a part where they, they explain that the NFL, you know, with legal fees, they try to get their insurers to pay these, these millions of dollars in legal fees. Uh, thrown against the NFL over injuries and the insurance company basically said nope and if you try to make us pay we are going to uh, not insure you and the NFL caved like the Buffalo Bills in the Super Bowl Bryant and they said okay sorry please just insure us because there's only one and that's the only that's basically the only entity that really has the NFL right where wherever they want them uh 
I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to say that it's the only entity, and we'll get into that in a little bit with with what I have to say. But the fact that insurance companies are are and we see that we've heard this before with when it comes to medical, when it comes to vehicle insurance, they're in it to make money. That's all. I mean, at the end of the day, they want to make sure they're making money. And so, if they feel like the NFL is no longer worth making money, they're just going to stop insuring them. So. It's up to the NFL to, to convince these insurance companies that they can still make money by offering insurance to the NFL. Well, it's a big risk because of head injuries and the parallel the article draws with the big asbestos crisis that, that saw so many insurance companies have to pay millions of dollars to and, workers. And they're still, and they're still paying that. To this very day, yeah. And that goes back to, what, the 60s and 70s that started happening. So the one insurer that has the NFL right where they wherever they want them, is uh, W.R. Berkeley, a $7 billion global insurance company. And that is the same company that the XFL went into business with when Vince McMahon started the league back up one year ago. The whole thing would not have happened unless Vince McMahon was able to strike this deal and get in- insured you know, for, for workers' compensation and, and, and the injuries that go along with football. And it's this company, W.R. Berkeley, the one insurance company that really is still going going to insure football and believes that it's not too big of a risk and that it's it's still, like you said, Jake, going to make the money. And this is a, a very interesting notion that Vince McMahon was able to get this done uh, because if you read this article a year ago, you would have never thought that would be possible. Yeah, I mean, it's... Uh, like we said, it's something that has to be part of the game. And and Brian, is this? I mean, the, these insurance companies. Am I reading this right? Where no one wants to cover a league where you could get you know sued by hundreds, uh, if not thousands, of past players because of head injury and what we potentially know in 2019. What? Yeah, is that what this down to? I, I, I want to say that's part of it, right? I think the other part is like like Alan mentioned is is workman's comp, right, and anything like that that causes those types of issues. You know, if you notice, it's not the only NFL, it's not only the NFL's problem, right? There, this article also mentions the NHL for some reason, soccer as well. So there are sports out there that, if like I said, it goes back to money. You talk about a seven yeah. billion dollar company, the NHL it, also, I believe. Yeah, so. So these people want to make sure that their their butts are covered. It's a it's a classic CYA, and I get it. And I think the NFL, and I'm gonna put this like whole opinion thing in parentheses before this next statement, because I think it's it's time, and I think a lot of people are seeing it, and you see it with the way St. Louis treated the XFL in that in that stadium deal, is that people are no longer gonna take the NFL. Uh, and just let them do whatever they want. The NFL has become this $10 billion company, basically. And and people are tired of not getting a share of that pie by just offering the NFL whatever they want, whatever they ask for. I guarantee you that the NFL will have no problem getting insurance if they pay for it. And they probably don't want to pay what some of these insurance companies are asking for. And that becomes the main issue that if you throw enough money at these insurance companies, I guarantee you, that they'll start offering insurance to, to to you again. And this trickles down, I think, as well, reading this. I, you, you see how yes. the insurance companies are able to put the NFL into a corner? Well, the more this happens and the more they're, they're 
their contract with WR Berkeley is seven years. But when that's up, I mean, after that, the NFL's issues with paying, getting insured are going to be so great. They're, are they ever going to be able to get a city to build them a stadium the way they used to again because no. of all the money they're going to have to fork out, like you said, Brian? This is a big crisis for that for the league, and that that is you know all right by me. I'm not. I don't mind seeing the NFL have to squirm a little bit and pay out of their own pockets. Uh, they got plenty of money. But what does suck about this article that we read, and I'm not rooting for insurance companies hardly ever, but it, maybe it gets the NFL, but not in the case of the youth football programs and the community colleges that are suffering because not only is the NFL paying this, uh, these crazy premiums, uh, these these youth programs have to and we even read in that article i mean an entire a giant giant area i mean huge population of the of the state of arizona big time community college football teams had to close up shop and they basically got rid of their programs because too risky to pay the insurance the insurance is way too high so you're telling me that the NFL is no longer going to get free development programs from the youngsters all the way up and through the NFL? I mean, come on. That's what I'm talking about. The, the NFL is has never – I'm not going to – this is, again, opinion, but the NFL has never shown that, that like, hey, let's help you. Let's Hey, college football, you're doing this. Let's help you do that. Hey, peewees, you're doing that. We're, we got we to gotta help you. No, the NFL has cared about themselves. Now that these insurance companies are realizing the risk that they're taking for the NFL to succeed – they're gonna they're gonna hit them where it hurts, and that's in the younger leagues, in the in, in the development stuff, in the in the community colleges, peewees, uh, pop Warner, all that is gonna fade away unless the NFL decides that this is important to them and that they need to to stabilize this entire problem for everyone involved uh, before it becomes out of hand. Well, I, I'm not sure that the NCAA is gonna fade away and classify themselves as obsolete, Brian. But uh, I mean, I, they're doing just fine, I, I think, with all the money that they're getting in and not having to pay out. But you're you're right about these small leagues, these youth football programs, and the talent pool is just not what it used to be before. You have the issue of parents, and myself included, who are really concerned about their kids playing such a violent contact sport, right? Uh, it's, It's just nature to not want to let your children deal with something like that, and I get that. But if you if you top that on top of not even having those leagues, you're losing more than double your source of talent. And I get that. So the NFL is going to have to suck it up and you're and losing figure out a way. You're losing to make the, sure nobody. You're also losing quality too. If, if, well, that's something. You know, some of the you know the United States of America is probably the best when it comes to sports <laughs> development, right? In all sports, for whatever reason, soccer we can't keep up. But everything else it's you develop in this country, it, and it's if that crazy. slowly fades away, it's what are you going to do? Cra- the NFL doesn't have a think. huge conglomerate overseas anymore. They don't have these huge source of of European players coming to play for the NFL. It's the United <laughs> States of America, and so if they let that die, they are going to let football die, and that's where the NFL, like I said, has to get off their butts and figure out how to solve this problem for all leagues, not just themselves. Yeah, and it's going to endanger the you know the XFL, the AAF. I mean, we're getting more football because football is as popular as ever. But it's it, I guess a paradox that the sport is more popular than ever. But there's an issue with younger ki- young kids, you know, 
playing, they're, they're, those numbers are dipping. And then there's an issue with programs at the lower levels going away. So the development of players in the future, it, it looks bleak if you read this article because, well, uh, of the head injury uh, issues and also now the, the insurance companies uh, sticking it to the sport as well. And, and you're saying the NFL needs to take the lead here, Bryant, which I agree because they've got, the, they've got all the money, they've got all the influence, they've got all the power. Who, who else is going to really – like, I mean, it's crazy to think because it, it's, a, it's not kind of a wackadoo book that came out, Merrill Hodge put out, if you heard about his book, uh, basically denying uh, the issues CTE uh, causes. Uh, it, it's called The Battle for the Soul of Football. But when you read this article, you really do get an idea that, well, there is kind of a, a, a war going on. Maybe not because someone is, you know, in some dark room plotting to end the sport of football forever. It's just, like you said, money. And because of the medical issues that are stemming, insurance companies don't want to insure the sport on the pro or the high school or college level. And, and that is going to be an issue in 5, 10, fi- definitely yeah. 15, 20 years, who knows what's going to be happening at those lower levels. Well, if I could take an excerpt out of this this article here, it says here, another recreation department in Haskins, I'm sorry, in Hawkins County, Tennessee, decided to keep the tackle football this year, even though its longtime insurer refused to cover the sport. The department found a new carrier under a new policy that drove up insurance costs 27% to more than 13000 so these companies will insure you if you pay for it. And that's the thing. It, it's, it has nothing to do with whether or not it's going to be available. It's whether or not you want to pay for it. And that's what I think this article is trying to intend is, is yeah, it might be dying if the NFL doesn't decide to pay for what it actually needs. Yeah, so at the at, in the future then, at the end, the end game might be, well, they're not going to – these insurance companies aren't going to, you know, foot any kind of bill for – you know the many many risks that are involved with potential lawsuits so someone's going to have to do that and the nfl can't do it for every little program the nfl can't do it for every you know uh school district or or anything like that and definitely not in the college game it's gonna something's there's gonna have to be some kind of fundamental change or there's gonna have to be data that comes out that Either deny CTE whole, oh, and, and yeah. once and for all, or some sort of piece of uh, data that maybe says maybe it's not as serious. Because if it's the way it is right now, it looks like someone's going to have to pull money out of their pocket that isn't doing it right now. Whether that's the NFL or uh, the you said what Hawkins County pay, is said okay, we'll spend twenty seven percent more on football. How many places in America? How many voters are going to be happy that their governments are deciding to pay all this money just so football can be played? Uh, it, it's it is it's a crisis. If you re- if you re- read this article, you get an idea, a glimpse into the future. There's some kind of crisis, and it's there are solutions, but this article doesn't really talk about any of them, Jake. So that's what I want to ask you. Uh, pitch me the future of football. You and Marty McFly are hopping in the DeLorean to go watch a football game in the year 2030. What's, what are you guys going to see? Is there even going to be football being played in the future? 
when you guys land, well, not on the road, because where you're going, you don't need roads, but you know what I'm saying. When you get where you, you're going in 2030, what kind of football are you and Marty McFly going to be watching? Well, first, let me just say this. Whoa. That's heavy. It is. Uh, what, what is it going to look like in the future? It's, you know, it's going to be softer. Uh, you know, we've, we've seen that in the past five <laughs> years. Perhaps they're going to put a, you know, a, a red a red jersey on the on the quarterback or put flags around his belt. Uh, it, it's still, I mean, it's going to take a long... I, I'm wondering if football could cannibalize itself or something else could, you know, gain the attraction of the American public and the American viewers. Like, is football going to lose or is something else going to win and, and beat it out? Because competition, it's, I mean, it's it's the nature of the beast. Somebody has to lose, wins, somebody has to lose. But reading this, it also felt, we brought up the NHL, MLB, they had to pay uh, lawsuits and, and they were feeling it as well. What sport isn't really... I mean, most sports we're playing in this country are contact sports in some kind of way. They're very physical. There are risks with all of them. Is this an all sports issue or is it only I football? I don't think it's all sports. I, I mean, I think look, it's yeah. Yeah, you've got to look at. I mean, football's football's the big dog, so that's that's what everybody's going to think about. Uh, you know, Brian, you follow the NHL just like Alan and myself. A very it can be a very violent game at times. They're trying to, you know, they say they're trying to clean it up, but whenever you've got former goons in charge of player safety, well, that, that doesn't help that, you know, that, that doesn't help that much. But the NHL is so small compared to the NFL where people, I don't think they just have their, you know, it, it's not that big of a target right now. It, it, I think the, the issue also becomes the 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 amount of you know head injuries and head hits that players are taking in the NHL you're going to have your 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 bell rung right you're you're going to hit your head but in the NFL i mean if you're a lineman you're basically hitting your head against something every single play and that and that i think the issue that the NFL is going to have to address at some point whether it you know whether it be no incidental contact no anything i don't know these sports are violent. They're they're enjoyable, not because just because of the violence, but you are going to see a different NFL, a different football in in thirty years. I mean, or whatever in 2030, 10 years from now, the NFL it'll be around. Football will be around. It's not going anywhere. But how um, how violent it is? How I don't I don't think they'll be carrying around flags around their waist, Jake. But I think there'll definitely be some rules to help lament these head injuries because it is something serious it's not something just to 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 look over and, and hope that cte gets you know reversed or something like that it, it, it's it's a real thing and the nfl is going to learn how have to learn how to deal with these things instead of uh trying to hope that they go away if there's well, any listeners out there that know anything about rugby and, and if there's a similar situation with that please hit us <laughs> up on the hotline I, i'd really like to know your point of view <laughs> and, and what you've seen about that yeah, that number is 724-565-4XFL. We'll talk rugby on there if you want to call in. Uh, I think, guys, 2030, there needs to be a war chest 
for for the XFL, the NFL, if you're running one of these leagues, you need to have money saved in case of you know these lawsuits because they're bound to happen. And that's with any league, whether it's the contact sport of football or any anything. You're always you know at risk because of that stuff. But the thing is, you need to be praying for the next ten years that there aren't. There isn't this that like like they said with asbestos this flood of crazy amounts of lawsuits and a billions of dollars every year because if if that's the case it's going to go from one loan insurer to none and then what are you going to do um, I think right now they're they're holding on by a thread eventually if if you see you know W R Berkeley the seven billion dollar insurer is doing all right I think other insurers might hop on board and get involved with the XFL. If it's successful, the NFL obviously it, it's if it, if it cleans its act up a little bit more, they're on the road to you know fixing their game when it comes to safety. Maybe that will open up more up people, more companies to insure. But the future of football is very much in flux. Reading that article, there are solutions, but there there needs to be something needs to be done. And I like your idea, Brian, of the from the top down. Uh, there needs the NFL needs to take charge. Vince McMahon knew right away the first thing he had to do was get insured, and he worked his magic obviously and did it. And now we're getting the XFL. But for how long is football going to be what we know football as? Are they going to have to drastically change the game, or is there going to have to be some kind of financial magic worked? I'm hoping the latter because if the game changes that much more. Who knows what kind of football we'll be watching in 2030. Oh, come on. So, w- would you advocate for Roger no Goodell to start digging holes in his backyard? <laughs> just for a little mistake. It's going to be a mix of the two. You gotta, relax. It's going to be a change of the game, and it's going to be a f- financial commitment from the NFL and from other leagues. That's it's just plain and simple. And also technology is going to help with the, with the difference in, in pads and and, and helmets and things like that. That's all going to change over the next 10 years. It's going to be recognizable yet very similar. Well, let's hope technology would, I think, be the great savior of this all, right? Because there's always some kind of gizmo, always some kind of gadget that that it's invented and it, and it solves a problem for humanity. <laughs> they they added springs to catchers' masks. Yes. That, that, that changed everything. You know what I mean? It was something small yes. like we that that, that helped helmets. catchers. That are concussion proof. If we can do this, <laughs> scientists, we need you. We can't be relying on the insurance companies. That's what I gathered at the end of that. The, the insurance companies aren't going to do us any favors as football fans. And as much as you say it, Brian, I don't think the NFL is even going to do anything for us football fans. <laughs> scientists. That's what we need to be rooting for. Let us know what you think about this crisis. If that's the gist of the article, if it's TLDR, as the cool kids say, too long, didn't read. That's what basically was said. There's an insurance crisis with football, and who knows uh, how 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 much uh, more uh, programs are going to have to pay. Football programs you have to pay to be insured and be able to put football on in, in towns and small towns throughout America, in high schools and colleges, and even the dang old NFL. Uh, let us know what you think at XFL Show on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. React to this week's main topic, the hot read. And, of course, you can always call in 724-565-4XFL. And that does it for uh, this week's show, guys. That was, um, what, huh? what, what's this, what's with this, this word heavy, Jake? Is there something wrong with the gravitational pull?
heavy can be really good too. <laughs> yeah, it was a heavy topic this week, but uh, one we felt we had to get into because that was a uh, was an alarming article for any football fan. And uh, you know, we have three weeks apparently until we get some really great news. Heavy in, in terms of just a lot, a lot of meat. A lot of beef coming up soon, Jake, with the big TV deal announcement on the horizon. Cannot wait for it. Next week's show, uh, we're going to have some special things planned in terms of debate and topics and, of course, any news that comes out regarding the XFL. Uh, Jake, can you promise us a big announcement at all next week? Uh, Absolutely not. (laughs) I figured as much. Well, I can promise. I think, Brian, if you're... if you'll give me the the okay, I think we could say that uh, in about a week or two, we could have a we'll have a pretty awesome announcement regarding this program. Oh, I, I unlike Jake, guarantee that statement. Yes, good. There's finally a, a Joe Namath guarantee. We guarantee a huge statement regarding our show, this show. Uh, coming up in a couple of weeks and uh, I think you all are going to really like it especially those of you who have been super loyal and have been enjoying the show since we started one year ago 52 weeks 52 weeks here we are this is the XFL show still going strong and we are one year away from kickoff in 2020 and uh, just three weeks away from a TV deal anything left Jake or Bryant uh, you know what? Just keep hitting us up throughout the week in you know social media, the the hotline. Uh, we because it, it sparks conversations between us. That's where that's where we like. So so hit us up. Come on, yeah, don't be shy. Yeah, we're we're ending the show, but we're probably going to be uh, yelling at each other about some of your your guys' t- tweets uh, that we've been talking about all week long. Still, because we love arguing about them and who we agree with, and of course your phone calls. So keep them coming for Jake for Bryant. I'm Alan. We will see you next week. Same place on your favorite podcast app or this is the XFLshow.com or our YouTube channel. We appreciate you listening, football freaks. This is the XFL Show. Remember, they're listening.